Welcome to Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian Community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. Today, we'll be sitting down with Dean Hunsucker and discussing what it means for all scripture to be given as an inspiration of God. Dean, can you give us a quick introduction of yourself and what your role is here at CEF? Absolutely. Uh, First, thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk about God's Word. Uh, Currently, I serve as the Associate Executive Director of Support Services here at CEF's International Headquarters, and that puts me over a lot of the uh, departments that function just here on campus. So uh, I oversee a lot of different areas and a lot of different people, and uh, every bit of it is uh, focused on reaching children with the gospel. So it's, it's very exciting. I've been here for about five years and uh, always uh, have known CEF as their every child, every nation, every day motto, and uh, really excited about that. And then about five years ago, uh, God worked it so that I would come here and, and join the international headquarters staff. So it's, awesome. it's an exciting place to be. Yeah, sure is. Um, and can you give me a little bit of background with your involvement in ministry? I know we've talked about you being involved with youth and everything like that. Can you give us just a little bit of background sure. there? Uh, so uh, shortly after I was saved as a, a 14-year-old, I started to speak and, uh, and preach as part of uh, just my discipleship process as a, as a young man. I uh, grew up speaking in homeless shelters, churches, uh, youth centers, and uh, about 16 years old, we started a youth center for inner-city teenage uh, kids um, in Indianapolis, Indiana. We would provide them after-school help and, and lunch, and then, of course, we had Bible studies every day. And then as I got older, uh, we decided to start a camp, and then okay. the uh, the camp was reaching out to all inner city kids and then eventually that camp became a vocational training center and a boarding school and so we dedicated 18 years of our lives my wife and i to uh, working with inner city teenage boys and uh, helping them not only come to know god but also uh, grow them in their faith so that they can then in turn become evangelist missionaries to their neighborhoods because they can say and go places that uh, we can't and uh, i believe that's that's the ultimate calling is to not only teach kids about God, but to encourage them to go and share their faith with others. Right, right. Well, that's an amazing backstory and um, goal, I think, with you know ministering to kids and teens so that way they can go on to reach their communities, which is similar to what we do-ish with reaching our communities. Uh, so we're going to dive right into our first statement of faith. I'm going to go ahead and read that off so we kind of know where we're coming from, mm-hmm. and then we're going to discuss it a little bit. So our statement of faith for CEF, the very first one, talks about Scripture being inspired by God, and it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, by which we understand the whole book called the Bible. That is, it's inerrant in the original writing, and its teaching and authority are absolute, supreme, and final, that the Holy Spirit guided the holy men of old in all that they wrote. One of the Scriptures that we use to back this up is Second Timothy 316. Would you mind touching on that a little bit and what it means to be inspired by God? Uh, sure. When 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 talks about all Scripture being inspired, that Greek word there, of course, I'm sure many of our listeners know, means God breathed. Uh, the idea that God was able to breathe every word of Scripture, uh, God cannot lie, therefore Scripture is inerrant, uh, but he's, 
He did it so uniquely. He spoke about this process where God was able to work through authors of the Scripture to produce not only inerrant and divinely authoritative writings, but this uh, this inspiration also uh, allowed the author's personalities to shine through. It allowed their uh, their backgrounds, their life experiences to shine through. And God worked through those individuals. He moved at holy men of God, as I think it's Peter that says, um, to uh, produce what we have as the Bible. So the fact that it's God-breathed, the fact that it comes directly from God, removes man from it. And if man's not a part of it, then we can be uh, sure of its foundation, its bedrock, its solid truth, uh, because it, it's all about God. It's all about his words being breathed through man and uh, and written down in the, the autographs or the original manuscripts there. Yeah, and I like, I like how you touched on God uses people's circumstances uh, to influence or inspire them to write certain pieces that we still hold today. Um, can you explain a little bit of what this means for the church? Well... So if, if we believe, as we do, that the Scripture is inerrant and God's Word is God-breathed, um, what that does is it allows us to have a, a foundation for every truth. If we remove it, so let's just pretend for a second that it's not God-breathed, it's just good men saying good words. Well, then teaching in our churches, we could teach Aesop fables. <laughs> we That's could... True. Uh, we could talk about wives' tales and superstitions. We could get into Confucius says. Uh, we can we can share. There's a lot of good quippy quotes and good positive messages out there uh, that fall apart when under scrutiny or up against um, uh, truth itself. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things sound good. A lot of things make logical sense at first look. Right. Uh, but we can't build a foundation on them because those are man's logic. That's just a narrative story that has no basis in reality. It's fictional. Uh, when we start to look at the Bible and we understand that it's God-breathed, that creates this foundation that the, we can then build truth on. And when you're building truth as opposed to building on men or what man might say or men's logic, uh, when you're building on God's truth, you have a very solid foundation. When you when you build on man's opinion or man's logic, that changes. It changes over centuries. It changes over cultures. It changes um, uh, as man's um, uh, opinion changes. Yeah. When you put the foundation under God and you say it's God-breathed, it's, it's, it's uh, spoken by God, it's inspired by God, you've now cut out everything that man can pull away from it and you have a you have a text, you have the scriptures, you have the Bible that withstands every culture, it withstands all time frames. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's so important. It can, it can help our churches from drifting into feel-good preaching. It can, uh, it can pull us away from drifting into um, uh, culture-driven theology. Yeah. Uh, truth becomes truth, and then we build what we believe on the truth, not on how we might be feeling uh, on a given day. Right, right. Yeah. So it goes back to that whole scripture of God being the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's, Absolutely. It ties in more than just, oh, this is God breathed. It's, <laughs> no, this is God. Like, this is him. This is his words. The idea there in, in the passage, the, when it talks about interpretation and it speaks of the origin of the words of God, 
it's important to understand that that origin didn't happen on a human level. Mm -hmm. Peter wasn't sitting around and coming up with this. Right. This started with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved on him. He was aware that what he was writing was the Holy Scriptures, and, and you can say that for all the authors of the Bible. And so when, uh, when it doesn't start with man, it starts with God, the Holy Spirit moving in them to, to write this out, um, then you have scriptures that were not made by like whimsical impulses right. <laughs> or like trying to address a, a topic of the day. Mm -hmm. You've got God speaking uh, to a situation, and, and it's so important. So that kind of ties into my next question for you, because in today's world, we see a lot of people taking scripture and manipulating it and saying, well, this is my truth. So how do we stand up against that? Or what scripture do we have to back up saying, no, this is God's truth. This is what we stand on. We're not going to take it and manipulate it to fit our lifestyle. I believe that's the second Peter passage. Uh, know this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. When people say that phrase, this is my truth, what they're saying is, I have determined outside of the Spirit of God, outside of the Holy Spirit's leading, how I would like to handle this. And, and once again, that removes the foundation from God's Word and allows the foundation to be man's logic. Mm -hmm. Man's logic has been faulty. For, for hundreds of years, we thought the world was flat. I mean, <laughs> that is true. That's a good point. <laughs> and so if you, you say, well, uh, man's logic is, you know, it's solid in its time. Well, yeah, we all, we had a lot of really, really bad understandings yeah. because we were going on man's word and man's understanding. And, and when you take the Bible as that foundation, then you don't have this, uh, this propensity to, um, uh, to, to be faulty because God's word is truth. If your truth is God's truth, you can build on it. If your truth is different than God's truth, that's the same as saying you don't have truth. God's word doesn't contain truth. God's word is truth. And that's, that's the very bedrock we can build on. Right. And there's a, there's a distinction there because um, all truth outside of God's word uh, is, is subject to perspective. It's subject to interpretation. It's subject to time and culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's not truth in the fact that we can't know 100% that it's true. Right. When it's God's truth, you're now relying on a God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. And his words are so true that you say this is 100% truth, and you can build on that. And so there's a difference between truth, biblical truth, and then something we might think is right. That's outside of biblical truth. You might think it's right to, I don't know, uh, leave a door open after you leave a room or leave a door closed after you leave a room. It could be considered right or wrong, but it's right. not biblical truth. Right. God doesn't care if the door is open or not, just as long as you get out. <laughs> yes. It, it, uh, it's a silly illustration, but the idea that if we're going to build on what is true, provable, 100%, and then we do that through faith. We're trusting that God uh, lays everything out for a reason. He lays everything out for a plan. He has moved. He has, God, breathed all of this truth using these writers. Um, the, the, the idea that God in his sovereignty was able to choose certain individuals uh, to be 
uh, authors, and yet he was also able to divinely inspire this message to mankind, like an almighty perfect God breathing through men, utilizing their personalities, their vocations to produce uh, a scripture he then says is God-inspired and it's worthy of doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Um, it, it, is, it is both a mystery and a miracle mm-hmm. that we are standing here holding God's word in our hand. Um, God chose kings, shepherds, fishermen, farmers, tax collectors, priests, uh, physicians, Pharisees. He had old men. He had young men. Uh, and he used all of them to record the sacred text that is the Bible. Right. And so he embraced their interest. He embraced their intellect. He embraced their learning or lack of it and their experiences, uh, their individuality, their penmanship, their writing style. He embraced that and shined through the inspired text because he moved those guys to record it. And yet God, in a supernatural way, directed their heart to inscribe every word of God all the way down to, as it says, every jot and tittle. Every little piece of it was right. perfectly constructed. And the fact that God chose these guys to, uh, to shine through them, mm-hmm. and he says it's God-breathed, but he used them to actually pen it. And so right. we see the different writing styles but we can trust in Peter's words the same as we can trust in Paul's words, the same as we can trust in Moses's words, because it's the same God speaking through all of them. Right. And it's so it's it's critical to our foundation. The foundation of truth must be the Bible, and that's why CEF places such an important uh, role on that uh, on that part of our statement of faith. It's the Bible must be the basis of everything we do. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna take a minute and step away for a little bit. We're out of time for this podcast. Um, But we do want to thank you for joining us and giving us very in-depth perspective of what God's truth looks like, his his word. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you in this segment, so thank you. Uh, If you would like to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com slash about. This will also be linked in the show notes. Be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening.